Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you're tuning in from. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We've got another wonderful show in store for you with a fun, fun guest. I'm looking forward to bringing her on in just a moment. But first, of course, we have my little section from my book, Everyday Awakening, we're, 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 we're in the last section of the book. And it's just, uh, you know, a few more to go. We'll be finishing this up before the end of the year. Um, and then I have to figure out how I'm going to kick, start off my show each week. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Anyway, this week, uh, the section of, uh, everyday awakening is entitled the best reason to do the hard work is what we learn in the process. When the time comes to step up, Stand out, make some noise, and take a stand. We are all a little shy, a little awkward, and a little scared. That's okay. It is scary to try something new, to push outside our comfort zone, and become the center of attention we are, when we are not used to it. Yet, if we are to make a difference, contribute, discover, and lead, we have to embrace that awkwardness and integrate it in as part of the process. Nothing happens when we step back, don't take risks, and maintain the status quo. Yet, it, yes, it's safer that way, and it leads us to just more of the same. But when we muster the courage to put ourselves out there, allow the spotlight to shine on us, and speak our truth, then we can have impact. All great work impacts us, sometimes in ways we don't understand. Sometimes the best reason for creating great work is merely to go through the process so that we can learn to take the next step and become the example others need to feel comfortable in taking their next step. Let's embrace the awkward stage, for soon it will be gone. Mm. Oh, I, I, I believe, you know, this I wrote a while ago, and, and I believe sort of the inspiration for this is a combination of a, a blog post I read from Seth Godin, the, the marketing guru who I really love, and, and a comment someone once made about you know, when we're doing our deep inner work and and we 
and we decide to try something new and sort of step out a little bit that we all feel awkward when we're trying that something new, when we're being different and not necessarily different from anyone else. It's different from the way we were before. And, and, and that they were saying like revel in the awkwardness of it because that's where we learn and grow. And that's where like all kinds of magic happens and soon that awkwardness will be gone and then it won't be so exciting anymore. And, and I kind of realized, and, and, and this is really just true for myself so much that when I'm trying something different, when I'm trying something I've never tried before, learning something new, you know, I get really nervous because I don't want to screw up and, oh, I made a mistake and oh, I got to try again and oh, I messed up again. And, 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 and there's like that whole uh, kind of feedback loop we get into where we, we, we're kind of not feeling good because we're trying something new and we're not doing that well at it. And, and it's not, it, it's awkward and uncomfortable and we're messing up and we just feel like we'll, we'll never get it right. And I think what I've come to understand and I understand it, embodying it, you know, can still be a bit of a challenge, but I'm definitely much better than I used to be. What I've come to understand is it, it's that wonderful area where we're messing up and 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 trying something and it's not coming out right and 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 trying again and it still doesn't sound quite right like that's a beautiful state to be in that's like the moment of chaos that's when the this the plant is breaking through the seed casing and just starting to come out of the ground. And, and, and it's really quite funny. I've, I've heard, you know, people say this before that, you know, the flower doesn't criticize itself when it's just a seedling coming up because it doesn't look like a flower yet. And it's kind of trying to break through and awkward stuff. It, it just does it. It's just part of life. It's part of the cycle that it goes through. But as human beings, oh, my God, it's like if we're not completely perfect the first time, we're like totally in our heads and criticizing ourselves. And, oh, I shouldn't do this because I can't do it well. And it it's if we reflect on nature and how nature works it's just so funny. I mean, uh, a, a, a small deer when it's learning to walk and it's, and it's kind of awkward and it slips sometimes doesn't like, Oh my God, I, I can't walk. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll never walk properly. No, it just gets up and keeps doing it until it's comfortable and it can run away. Yet we are so self-conscious and so afraid of being awkward. And I get it. I was an awkward kid. I was an awkward teenager. And the other kids make fun of you when you're kind of awkward and gawky. And, you know, you, you, you're 
just you haven't quite grown into your body so to speak so nobody wants to be made fun of nobody wants to feel like people are looking and laughing at you behind your back i get it but i guess what i've come to embody more of is that if we're going to really make an impact in this world if we're going to influence people if we're going to live as a role model for our children our grandchildren our nieces and nephews or our workers if we're really going to be leaders and being a leader doesn't mean you have to be a, a ceo or a speaker on stage with thousands of people in the audience we lead in our lives every single day by how we show up we lead with our presence And I guess that's really the key, right? It's presence. It's can we allow ourselves to be present to our awkwardness when we're disrupting something, disrupting the way we've been, disrupting, you know, what we know. And it's, and it's in those moments of awkwardness that we really get to shine. And we get to show others that it's okay for them to be awkward too. You know, it's just kind of a funny aspect of human psychology that we will do things for others that we will never do for ourselves. Like I see it all the time. Like parents will do things for their kids that they would never do for themselves. So if reveling in your awkwardness is a challenge for yourself don't do it for yourself do it for others do it because you want others to feel less awkward in the awkward phase so that's the little section of my book entitled the best reason to do the hard work is what we learn in the process and that's you know doing the hard work that's that's when we fall into the awkward phase and that's, again, from my book, Everyday Awakening, which, of course, you can find at everydayawakeningbook.com, which, again, just takes you to the Amazon listing. And if you're like me and like to support the small local bookstores, just go into the bookstore, say, hey, I want this book, Everyday Awakening, from this guy, Sam Leibowitz. Um, they'll get it. They can order it through. through a, we're in major distributors, so it, it's not a problem. All righty. Um, and now... It is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show keynote speaker, life and business resiliency expert, Nikki Green. Nikki has worked in the international business industry for more than 20 years. Empowering young people to reach their full potential is her greatest passion. And as an inspiring keynote speaker, Nikki motivates event attendees from around the globe with her company, the Green Chameleon Collective, Ooh, such a neat name. Nikki has dedicated her life to assisting others in overcoming the fear of following their dreams. She has worked with several notable C-level executives and top Silicon Valley companies. Nikki's received double promotions in two different Fortune 500 companies and the Golden Microphone Award. Woohoo! A four-time published author, she hosts the podcast Stand Up and Stand Out and has been featured in USA Today, 
podcast magazine and authority magazine. And welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Nikki. Oh, thanks so much, Sam. I am so excited to be here today. <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure having you. Um, you know, and it's kind of funny how the, the, whatever section I'm reading from my book, again, I'm just going in the order that they're written and they always just seem to be so appropriate for, um, who my guest is that day. So, um, we, we have to go to break in a moment, but I'm just curious, um, did you know that you were going to be a speaker and affecting so many people like when you were younger? Like, like when you were a little girl, were you like Lucy with a little stand and like five cents for advice and stuff? <laughs> yes, pretty much. Um, from the, about the age of 12, I was on the stage and I knew that's what I wanted to do. Oh, I've wow. been very fortunate with my complex family to have some performers, mus- musicians, singers, and some athletes. And so whether it was on either oh. of those stages, I knew it was up to me to really perform. So I'm super excited to just be fulfilling my dreams and finally do this as my full-time career. <laughs> oh, awesome. Wonderful. Wonderful. Wow. 12 years old on the stage, huh? <laughs> that must have been something. Awesome. Okay. And I see loyal listener, Patty, uh, uh, tuning in. Thank you, Patty. As always, um, I so appreciate uh, you being there every week. I mean, she, Patty really it deserves like triple gold stars because she's always uh, tuning in and, and checking us out. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're, we're going to dive into some of Nikki's wisdom and find out what, what's with all this, this chameleon stuff. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern. And we will be right back with our guest, Nikki Green, in just a moment. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with life and business resiliency expert, Nikki Green. Uh, so, Nikki, um, you've worked in international business for over 20 years. In, in what industries? Yeah, I've been in Silicon Valley for the last 20 years, working across different sectors in tech. My background is actually in finance. I began doing financial planning, uh -huh. and then gradually I moved into corporate finance. And when I got there, I realized the finance was actually quite easy, and what was breaking was the systems. And so I ended up creating these amazing hybrid roles where I would go work with the engineering teams to improve the internal financial systems for each of these companies and uh -huh. optimize them so that they could you know, do more with less, they could make sure that they were correctly accounting for things, you know, meeting starving actually and things like that. So it was a really interesting, you know, evolution of my career, something I could have never planned for. And I got to travel all over the world and I still have friends in every pocket I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> neat, neat. Now, it's always Silicon Valley is such a great place to work at and, and there's so much exciting things that happen there. How did you go though from being just a a, a corporate employee, like how did you move over into this more role of being a coach and a consultant? Yeah, you know, my whole life was filled with adaptation and change. I grew up with six parents. I moved pretty much every two years of my Whoa, life. Wait, 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 wait. We can't gloss over this. Six parents? Yeah, uh, three moms, three dads, all in different houses in different states, um, with different siblings with each uh, family pairing. And so it was it was a lot. So we were in California, Nevada, Colorado, and it meant wow. moving, changing, you know, and dealing with very different personalities and, and different aspects of how life went with with each family. <laughs> so three sets of parents, like how many siblings do you have? Uh, so I have a half brother, a half sister, uh, a step brother, and three stepsisters. <laughs> wow! Wow! <Yeah. laughs> okay, so um, uh, you see, here's the thing: it's like you, you know, to you, it's like, well, yeah, this is just something that happened. It's like, no, no, no. To the rest of the world, it's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So every th time, <laughs> there must have been some very interesting, unique challenges as you were growing up in in such a different kind of family structure compared to most people. And I say I'm actually incredibly fortunate because each of them had things that they loved, didn't like, the way they approached life, their religions, their beliefs, and it opened up so many things for me. There wasn't just one way to see the world. There were lots of ways to see the world. And and my parents were very open with discussion and dialogue as we were having dinners, and especially because they didn't see me for time. You know, I would be at one parent's house, and then I'd have to go to the next one, and then over the summer, I'm at the next one. And so they would miss out on part of my life. And so we spent a lot of time talking and understanding each other. Um, and it was really great, you know, and, and I feel like I'm more well-rounded because mm -hmm. I have so many influences in my life. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I mean, I love talking to people who have such different kinds of backgrounds because it, it, it just makes this sort of this tapestry of life so much richer. So how did you think growing up in that kind of environment affect you with with what you ended up doing as as a career and as a, a as a business now? Yeah, for me, it 
especially working in Silicon Valley, things change so rapidly. You know, I had a new job every 12 to 18 months. I had new managers. There was a restructuring, uh, you know, new technology came out. So you had to adapt to that. And for me, it actually came quite easily. And it was something people always commented on that I didn't really think twice about. They're like, oh, Nikki, you just sort of jump in and it's no big deal. And you're just kind of going with the flow when a lot of other people were stressed and always worried about, you know, the different changes that were happening to them. You know, they weren't things that they had chosen, like going to choose a new job. And so I really started ruminating on that and trying to understand my mindset and why those things were easier for me. And Mm. what could I help share with others, even when I was managing their in corporate, to help them also adapt through those times of change? Wow. Wow. So uh, I'm curious then, for, for a lot of people, when the pandemic hit and the lockdown came, a lot of people had a very hard time kind of navigating that switch over from in person to virtual. Uh, I, I'm very fortunate and literally uh, we, we changed the whole network over from being in studio in person to virtual over a long weekend. What was your experience like having to, to make that sort of switch? Well, and this actually ended up being why I left my corporate job. So right Um, before the pandemic happened, I got a new job. I got a new boss. And that boss did not really seem to believe that the pandemic was going to be real. So his his answer to all of us was, uh, this isn't really happening. It's going to be done in about a week. So just pretend nothing's going on. And it's status quo. Yeah, you need to work from home, but you have a laptop. So figure it out. And I was just like, are you, are you kidding me? (laughs) This is our response to this. And, and it got progressively worse, obviously, as he continued to deny sort of what was happening and the length of time that it was going to occur and the impact on all of my employees. Many of them had young kids. The kids are now at home. I had to move. I lost my apartment. So I had a great transition. And through that, I was just like, you know what? this isn't right. This isn't the way I want to lead. This isn't the way I want my team to lead. And so it really was my impetus to leave my corporate job and start really helping the next generation of leaders do and think about things differently. Uh, uh, so so when you left, left, your focus really was on, I want to help the next generation. I want to work with the younger people so that they can come up and do better than than our generation, so to speak. Absolutely. You know, and this is something I struggled with a lot during my time in corporate 20 years. And it was always like, why is this so difficult? Why aren't we just making the decisions we need to do? Appreciating our employees more. Why are we not acknowledging their uniqueness in a way that actually exemplifies the strengths that they have? Um, It was always like, no, you need to be, you know, kind of in the boring middle, you know, and, and that's the only thing that's going to get ahead. And so for me, it was kind of a long time coming and a lot of research on my part to just mm. say, there is a better way. And I, and I want to be a part of making that happen. So, right, right. So, so when you, you first stepped out, um, did you just work with people one-on-one? How did you sort of get started? Well, at first I just said, you know what? I've been working a long time and I've been working real hard. Yeah. Everything's closed. Can't do much of anything. So I just got on my bike. I rode. I ran, I swam in the pool. Like I just took a month off to just relax and just think about what I wanted to do. People were calling, you know, I had job offers all over the place, uh, you know, so there was opportunity. And I just said, 
not now. I, I'm, it's summertime. It's July in Chicago. It's beautiful. So even mm. with stuff shut, it, it's just time to take a break. And so through that process, it really gave me the time to be creative. I started to write. I started to, I got my own career coach to help me through that journey. And that journal ended up becoming my first book and really started to become oh, the evolution wow. of how I built my business and where I got my focus of, of what I wanted to do. And what was the title <laughs> of your first book? The first book is called I Laugh in the Face of Danger. <laughs> oh, okay. Very cool. Very cool. So, and and then sort of how did things evolve? Like once you started you you wrote the book and once you started doing things like like how did that turn into the work that you're doing now yeah i i went back and i said when were those times that i really enjoyed what i was doing and it was always that coaching mentoring and being on the stage i i missed that sort of performance element of it and even though things were in lockdown i knew there was opportunity to still speak virtually to connect with people through podcasts and so really starting to get that message out there and then you know do smaller forums through uh, corporate workshops uh, workshops at schools and universities because uh -huh. everybody was dealing with such a difficult time Time. And so doing some of those workshops really helped, I think, a lot of people get through some of the challenges and realize people were in the same boat. That It wasn't yeah. just that they were all alone, even though they were isolated, obviously. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It was definitely, I think, a big learning lesson for a lot of us that, you know, even if we're not in the same space, we're still having to deal with the same issues, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What did you find helped the people that you worked with the most during that time period? Yeah. I mean, there's just so much fear and for a lot of people and I, you know, I've run a lot of marathons, so I kind of make that analogy. When you go to run a marathon, you know how long it's going to be. It's it's 26.2 miles. It's long. It's going to take a lot of time. And you train for it. You don't just wake up and go, hey, I'm going to go run a marathon. Mm. And so you have that time to mentally and physically prepare yourself. What happened with the pandemic was, okay, tomorrow you may run 5K. You may run a marathon. We don't know. <laughs> so right. it was very difficult for people to get their head around it because there was no clear end point. And so mm -hmm. you don't know if mentally and physically you have to make it through a week, a month, two months. And so that's the part where I really tried to help people just stay in the moment and don't get so wrapped up on when is it going to get back to normal or whatever comes next, right? Mm -hmm. Staying in the moment, staying present in where you're at right now and enjoying every day, doing the best you can with it. That was what really helped a lot of people that I worked with get through. Wow. And what did you learn about yourself in that process? Oh, wow. A lot. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, it, it was such a transformative journey for me as well. And, and I've continued to transform as I've stepped into, you know, what you talked about in your chapter is what am I really supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be making an impact and making sure I'm clear on that? Um, I thought I was so many things. I had many I shoulds in my mind, just like many other people do. And breaking those I shoulds and just going back to trying new things, pushing myself every single day, I had the freedom to do it because there was no boss there. There no, was no one telling me right from wrong. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, try it today, like it, do it again, don't like it, don't do it again. You know, like, right, just go with right. it. <laughs> right. And really kind of honoring ourselves, right? It, it's so much you know being a little older it, it, it's like so much in in the way we were grow up 
the way we grew up and the way we we entered the workplace it was like put yourself on the side and you just got to do the work because you got to make the money and you got to pay the bills and take responsibility and all that stuff and now all of a sudden it's like no like that doesn't serve us like that's not how we're the most productive most creative contributing the most to society it's only when we honor ourselves and take the time to really sit back and and examine is this really serving me and am i showing and am i showing up the best that i can in this situation that we really are making the best impact and the biggest contribution right Absolutely. And I talk a lot about, and there's a great TED talk on it, but the way school taught us is you start at perfect. You start at hundred percent. And every time you try, you get worse. Okay. You're going to take a little bit off for this and a little bit off for that. And every attempt it tells you you're wrong or you're bad or you've yeah. done things wrong. And really what I like is more of the video game version, right? Is you start at nothing and you don't know where you're going. You don't have a map. You don't have any tools and you have to go try. You have to go explore and build that up. And then you level up and then you get a little bit more vision of what's going on around. You get more tools. And so teaching people that way of learning and growing really helps them. And you get confidence as you build and you get more and experience and you make friends and community and it helps you build. So. Right. Exactly. 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 Wonderful. Okay. Um, it's time for us to take our next break. When we come back, uh, let's talk about the chameleon, uh, the green chameleon collective and, and what's that all about? And, uh, let, let's share where, where, where you came up with that idea and, and how that, how you work with people with it. Okay. Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and on Facebook Live, on YouTube. Make sure if you haven't, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash talking alternative singular. And of course, on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. on KMET in Palm Springs, California. And you can find us on, on LinkedIn and Twitter and Twitch. So uh, whatever you say goodbye to your credit card rewards, greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Favorite streaming platform? Go and find the Conscious Consultant Hour there and on all the podcasting platforms. And we will be right back with our guest, Nikki Green, in just a moment. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Okay, Nikki, so let's get into it. What's the Green Chameleon Collective? And somehow, collective sounds so apropos considering your background, now that I know that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, one of the biggest mistakes I made when I was younger is that I thought school was all I needed. Okay, just Mm -hmm. get the book, study, do good in your classes, and then you're going to get a job and magically, you know, it all comes together. And nothing could be further from the truth. I I lost community. Even though I came from, you know, this big family, I was constantly moving. So everything was really temporary and really ephemeral for me. It was like I didn't really have long-term relationships because of all that transition. And so when I got to college and, you know, I didn't really do a lot of social stuff. I played volleyball. I, you know, did the school stuff. When I got out and I tried to find a job, I had no network. I I didn't Mm -hmm. tell anybody like kind of what I was looking for in a job. I didn't even talk to my professors or the career center. And so this is really where I want to make sure as I'm working with people that this becomes a community, that people feel comfortable sharing their really big dreams and goals, and they want to help each other achieve what they need to do. So for me, that's where kind of the collective came in is that community building part. It's not just you and your career and what you need, but how can we all help each other together? Gotcha. Gotcha. And and why chameleon? (laughs) Yeah. Well, as I started kind of looking into, okay, thoughts on adaptation and, and change and resiliency, the chameleon kept coming up sort of over and over again. And, and I read a lot, all sorts of different types of things. And I ended up finding a scientific study about chameleons. <laughs> and, you know, most of the time when you talk about chameleons, people think of this sort of negative thing, like you're blending in to, you know, just sort of make other people around you happy. But that's actually nothing could be further from the truth. 
A chameleon is in their most calm state when they're green, when they blend into their surroundings, they're just chill hanging out on the branch. And when they flash their colors, when they are changing, they are changing to attract a mate, to attract food, to change their temperature regulation. And so I really started relating that a bit to like law of attraction. When we're calm, when we're green, that's when we're in our best state. And when we need to tell someone we're not okay. I need something that I'm not getting. We need to be able to voice uh, our opinion, our color, <laughs> and let them know how to help us. And that's, I think, the thing where most people have struggled is they're keeping those burdens inside of them or even their dreams and hopes. And until they start to share them, no one knows that they need that help, good, bad, ugly, whatever's happening in their lives, right? right. And so that's where I started blending in the chameleon into this about let's figure out a better way to adapt. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. I love that. I love that. I mean, talking about two things that I find so important, which is community, first and foremost, because we are social creatures. And and I would say today, more than ever before, we need community, um, regardless of whether we're connected to a lot of people virtually or not. That's not the same as, as, a, as a tight-knit community that are like-minded, like-hearted, like-spirited, who, who you know have each other's back, and then being able to express our needs. You know, so much in our life, especially as we were talking before about school, it's, it's shut up, sit down, hold it in, wait until break, you know, raise your hand if you got a question. And it, it's all about not voicing our needs. So it's almost like we have to be retrained into, hey, it's okay to voice our needs. And as a matter of fact, it's not just okay, it's a very healthy way to live, isn't it? Absolutely. And work a lot of times is that way too. You know, when I started working, it was, well, don't show emotion at work. You know, mm -hmm. never, if someone asks you how your day is, the answer is it's fantastic, no matter if it's good, bad, or what's happening. And, and that's not good. And that's why so many people have struggled and you don't know what they're going through. And that's a difficult part about virtual is, especially if you don't have the camera turned on, you're missing all of those cues, which you could better tune into how a person is feeling. How are they doing? Do I need to ask them and have them pull out a little bit of, of what might be going on behind the scenes? Um, so I'm really encouraging us to rethink school, work, personal relationships so that we can better connect and share you know, what's really happening. Yeah, it, you know, it's kind of interesting, especially for some reason this week when I've been doing a lot of virtual one-on-ones, I've had people kind of open up to me about like what's going on in their life. And and like the majority of the call was more about sort of personal stuff. And then at the end, we kind of squeeze in the business stuff in the last 10 minutes. But it, it it's really quite fascinating that when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable with someone, and again, we have to feel safe in order to feel to allow ourselves to be vulnerable, right? But but when we allow that to happen, like the connection we make is even deeper and and the trust and the bond is even greater. Absolutely. And, and that's the careful part I talk about as well, because 
you know, if you are in such a vulnerable state, you need to make sure the person that you're sharing with is the right person. Um, and so it takes time to build that up. And so how do you get through those trust factors, get rid of that anxiety, that fear, acknowledge those emotions, but work through them with the right person. And so I talk about the difference between sort of a cheerleader versus say a mentor or a coach and making sure you know which lane those people sit in. There are some people that can really relate and help you with the specific thing that you're dealing with. And there's other people that are just going to be there for a shoulder to cry on, cheer you on when you're doing well. And they may not actually know and be able to relate to what you're doing. So mm-hmm. then you know the difference of how much to share and like, you know, where you sit in that spectrum. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There, if we're paying attention, there are a lot of little clues along the way that let us know, like, oh, I should mention this to this person or, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to keep that to myself this time, but, you know, I'll talk more about business this time. Mm-hmm. And, and you feel them out and we're both in different spectrums too. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, actually, where are you at in this space? Maybe if you're troubled, I don't also want to burden you with my stuff right, right now. Let me be the listener. Let me be on the receiving end and then I'll get my turn the next time, right? And so what's been the response to the people you've you've worked with, with this sort of approach? What have you seen happen over the last couple of years that you've been working with people? Uh, it, it's been such a fantastic transformation. This next generation, they really do start to see things differently. They've been through a lot and they're in a delicate state. But I think the sooner we can acknowledge that, the sooner we can help them, the better off they're going to be. You know, for most of us, we kind of wait until we sort of start hitting this midlife crisis or, you know, we start <laughs> having issues and then we're trying to call, you know, and get the help we need. So really starting to be proactive with saying what they need and what they feel and really going and doing big things. I think, you know, for a long time, especially my generation, a lot of folks were like, oh, get the corporate job, get the benefits, get the 401k, you know, and pay the bills, as we talked about earlier. Now it's like, no, I want to be creative. I want to give back. I want to do something that's fulfilling. And so really starting to see that vision of making sure both of those things happen. I can go be creative, but I can get paid for doing it too. And there's so many new opportunities with, you know, the way technology is changing. Mm -hmm. It creates an accessible way. You're not building a brick and mortar store anymore. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. It kind of like levels the playing field in a way where, especially now with, with AI, being such a tremendous enabler that if you have an idea, you can, you don't need a ton of money to to get access to the tools that you need to take that idea and really develop it and flesh it out and get it out there and create a real business from it. And so it's kind of exciting, right? It is. There's so much potential. And, you know, there's, you know, the usual news about there's always downside with everything, but sometimes you have to push the limits to know where the limits exist and to make Mm -hmm. new limits for things. And just really starting to rethink those things, I think is incredibly important for us because the way we've been doing a lot of things really isn't the best for most of us. It's the best Mm -hmm. for a few and the rest of us are kind of struggling, you know, to really get what we need out of things. So. Right. And and it's also just not sustainable. I mean, this is the thing that I think has been coming out more and more in the dialogue these days is these practices, these systems, these these ways of living that we've been doing for the last couple of hundred years. Yeah, we managed okay the last couple of hundred years, but now the planet is saying, uh 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 and 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 just all these systems in place, they're just not sustainable. And and we need to find 
if if we're going to survive as a species, we need to find more sustainable ways of doing something, N- not just physically sustainable, but but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually sustainable. Oh, absolutely. You know, we kept getting told, oh, when technology comes, it's you're going to work less and it's going to be easier. But my job went from, you know, 40 hours a week to 70, 80 hours a week. Mm. What happened to I wasn't saving any time. I never went home. I literally slept under my desk in some of my jobs because there was such a crazy expectation. And and that expectation hasn't gone away. And that's not realistic. Even if you're young and you don't have, you know, family and kids and all these things you're worrying about, at some point you will, or at some point you just want your own life back. And that should be okay. Technology should have started to save us time, energy, and we should be rethinking the way we do this, not pushing people to their physical limits. We are not robots. <laughs> we are right. human beings. We need a break. We need to eat. We need to sleep. And we need a vacation. <laughs> so. Yes, absolutely. It, it, it you know, reminds me, I, I, I mentioned it many times on my show, the book, The Diamond Condor. Cutter by Geshe Michael Roach, and how in the book, one of the things he negotiated with his employer when he went out and got a job at this diamond startup was to get Wednesdays off. And and what he meant by off was completely off. He'd go for a walk in the woods, he'd meditate, he'd do whatever, completely disconnected to work. So when he came back on Thursday, he was refreshed, he was more creative and and, and more uh, efficient. So then he was able to get more done in four days a week than most people were able to do in five days a week because that what they call the law of diminishing returns is the harder and harder you work, the, the less and less creative and effective you are. Absolutely. And and we're doing knowledge work. We're not physically, you know, building right. widgets and on the factory lines. You, you know, yes, there is still some of that work going on here, you know, in the United States. But for the most part, we are in a knowledge economy. And in order to build, dream, create, collaborate, you need that time and space to be able to do that. And so I think it's really starting to rethink how we best enable that for workers mm. that is going to be the future of how we do things. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, Nikki, it's time for us to take our last break of the show. So when we come back, let's talk a little bit about where do we go from here? You know, now that we're sort of living in this new, I would call it hybrid world, um, because we are back doing some things in person, but still, you know, like, like with the radio station, we're still going to be doing things virtually. You know, where do we go from here? And what does the future look like? Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back to wrap up with our guest, Nikki Green, in just a moment. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and intangify your business today. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back. So, Nikki, we're in this new world, right? I mean, for the most part, everyone fairly agrees the pandemic is over. We've, you know, it's, things have mutated. It's not as serious. Um, there are other challenges we're facing, and, and and we're kind of living in this new world. This new world of 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 hybrid work. Of you know, a lot of people now are going into the office one, two, three days a week, but not five days a week anymore where do you see are the challenges today and and where do you see us going from here? Yeah, I think, you know, I fortunately in tech worked in a hybrid work environment long before the pandemic happened. Uh, My team was across 10 time zones. Physically, that's not possible to cover. But how do I make sure that my employees, my peers, uh, other senior leaders that I needed to collaborate with, that I connected with them on a regular basis? And so it's setting our own boundaries of what that looks like. Um, I would spend one week sort of working European hours. I would start super early, six or seven in the morning, but then I'd leave in the afternoon and I'd go for a run, go for a bike ride, go find something fun to do with my friends. Then the next week I'd flip over and I'd do Asia time and I'd stay later and I'd come in later. I'd have breakfast at home and chill out with my cats. And it's really finding those boundaries for yourself. Um, And so one is your physical well-being and making sure you're not trying to be on everyone else's schedule because this does mean people are going to do their own thing. I got to do my laundry. I got to pick up my kids, whatever all those things are. But the other thing is communication. Email is not working. Email is asynchronous. I send it to you as if I'm sending you a letter in the post. (laughs) And maybe you get it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't care. You may respond. You may read it. You may get mad. Who knows what's going on, right? Email is not a good way for us to communicate, especially in these environments. And so it's really important that we start to leverage technology for voice messaging, video messaging, uh, using Slack and WhatsApp and some of these other kind of instant messaging systems. So that way we can get better connected more quickly without long essays and dissertations. <laughs> 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 um, and, and since you did work in Silicon Valley, I'm, I'm curious what's your take on things like AI and VR? Like, where do you see things taking us in the next two, three, four, five years? Are we you know, moving into a whole new thing, or is this just going to be more leverage in a way for us to do things? 
Yeah, I was really fortunate. I had a great AI expert come onto my podcast, Stand Up and Stand Out. And we talked about that a little bit of how the pandemic actually accelerated AI, because again, that downtime gave people time mm. to collaborate and work on these side projects that they had in the back of their mind, but you know, didn't quite come to fruition. And now you can see how rapidly it's self-procreating. It's, it's making oh, yeah. new things for us. And it's going to go faster than we're ready. That's just the nature of technology a lot of times. And then we're going to have to figure out how to pull it back and how to set the boundaries. Mm -hmm. But it will enable us to do things that we've never been able to do before. Before, a lot of times you needed an engineer, you needed high-level degrees to be able to do all these codings and create these genius things. Now I can edit a video and add on a cool song to a dance in TikTok in less than 60 seconds. <laughs> so it's going to help us in ways we can't even figure out right now, but it will make things more accessible to everyone. And you won't have to have these super advanced degrees to be able to do pretty high tech and, and complicated things. So cool. Cool. Yeah. You, know, you know, I know someone who says that the way things are going with also virtual reality and, 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 you know, the supposed quote unquote metaverse that things are going to go even more virtual over the next few years and and that they'll actually be sort of i don't know if there'll be less in person stuff but that the the experience of being virtual will be a richer experience yeah and and i can attest to that so when i started working at cisco you know we did a lot of video conferencing again way before a lot of these things were commonplace and then they bought another company where the video was real life like you were full size, you sat across from everyone. So we had these incredibly, you know, robust conference centers where this person's in Sweden and this person is here in San Jose and another person is in New York. But you actually have that feeling that you are right across from it, each other. And so whether that's virtual reality, kind of the, the next level, but I think that's what makes the difference. People are Zoom exhausted now because yeah. it's not quite real. It's still very flat. Yeah. You're still yeah. kind of distant. And you don't have those interpersonal reactions. So the closer it gets to a human reaction, um, I think the better we are all going to start accepting it as as commonplace. So, wow. <laughs> so, so what's your advice to to younger people today? Like, what do you think people can be working on to prepare them for the future? And and what sort of skills should they be focusing on developing that can help them to really thrive in this new world? Yeah, learning is going to be key. I mean, just like we were talking about, it's try a lot of things and fail fast. It's mm -hmm. not getting so set on one path forever. It's just not going to work that way. By the time you finish a four-year degree, the career you thought you were going to have probably doesn't even exist. exist right. So jobs are changing so rapidly that we're going to have to rethink this whole process. But the core of it is going to be comfortable learning and trying new things, talking to others, sharing ideas and that collaboration aspect, and just jumping in the deep end and going to do it. So the more the next generation and even the existing people working start doing that as a natural behavior. You take a sabbatical, you take a week off, you go immerse yourself in books, videos, meeting other people you're going to be so much better for it because things are going to be happening so rapidly. You're not going to have time to go get another four-year degree. in things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and degrees, I think it seems like they're going to be losing their status, so to speak, because so much is available online 
I mean, even Harvard and Yale and MIT, they all have online courses that you can audit for free almost. So it's like if all this information is out there for free, what do you need a degree for, you know, just to prove yourself? But um, I, I'm, I'm neglectful in my duties. I didn't ask you about the chameleon mindset, your book. Oh, my goodness. So many fun projects. We could talk forever. But yes. <laughs> Yes. So um, this year's book is Chameleon Mindset. Um, it is adapting to change in times of chaos. And really, it's a fun, interactive book for people to be able to start to immerse themselves in the process of change. There are these great Karate Kid style exercises you can do by yourself, you can do with a friend or family member, and start to work through embracing change without having to actually do the goal and get that fear and anxiety ramped up. So it's been a super fun project. Um, we're adding on an online course, obviously, right? And all kinds of other fun stuff with it. And we've built a whole uh, network of gamification around it with chameleon coins. So as you finish modules and you post things on social media, you'll get credit towards actually new stuff going on in life. And you'll be able to come to my events, uh, one-on-one coaching, things that'll be helpful for you in real life. (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful. And so if people want to learn more about you, find out about your courses and your, your programs and stuff, where would they go? Yeah, you guys can catch up on me uh, on my personal website, which is the Nikki Green 360com And there you can find my books. Uh, I'm doing a lot of local events here in Chicago. Uh, just click on the buttons, just like any of those little link consolidation ones, and you will find me there. And Nikki is N-I-K-K-I, Green, G-R-E-E-N. Um, so yes, check out the Nikki Green 360com or the Nikki Green.com both work. I'm everywhere. You can find me. (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Nikki, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Definitely a pleasure to connect. Please, if you're going to be in New York City at any time in the future, let me know. I'd love to get together and meet you in real life. There you go. Guaranteed. (laughs) Awesome. Wonderful. Wonderful. So thank you taking the time out of your schedule. And of course, as always, thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in this week as you do every week. It really warms my heart to know that you're out there listening. Without you, there is no show. And don't forget, if you did miss any part of today's show, and if you want to catch the replays, go to talkradio.nyc. And of course, you can find uh, the Conscious Consultant Hour on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, where everywhere there's a podcast, you'll find the Conscious Consultant Hour. And of course, you can find our videos on the Talk Radio channels on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Just look for Talk Radio NYC and you'll find us there. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate you all. I appreciate you, Nikki. Take care, and we will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. 
While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.